0: After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners and we dig into how they do it. Hello again. Another episode of the Few, the Proud, the Profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space there are a lot of people who fabricate, who exaggerate their successes. So what we've done here is we take the guesswork out of it for you. We only talk to people we have vetted that we know are actually successful online. We've got one of those today. Nicole Jansen, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here and Talking about this important topic, like you said, I appreciate how you introduced that. It's like, there's a lot of people that fabricate and embellish and yeah. uh, I think people need to know the real truth about what it takes, so.
0: Right, well, one of the things that we found with this is not only that people are harder on themselves and they, they aren't accomplishing as much as they could be because of the fact that The what they consider to be the baseline, what they think the normal pathway and the barometer for success is, are these people who tell these outrageous stories about how they were homeless, or these these things with insane incongruities, where I was homeless a month ago, but I've sold multiple seven-figure online business owners, and now I'm doing a $100,000 a year, and just these things that don't make sense, but if people aren't paying attention, they mm-hmm. think that, man, I'm, I was making $1,000 my first six months per month. And now I'm only at 2000. I'm a failure. Yeah. No, you've got some solid growth. You're, you've got a good, um, growth trajectory there. But again, I think so many people embellish and inflate what they're doing that it actually short, short the people who are trying to be successful.
1: Yeah, there was a gentleman, actually, I spoke to a few years ago, we were in a mastermind together, and uh, I think his name was Alex, and I meet so many people over the years, I'm like, I think, yeah, it sure. was Alex, and uh, and we were talking about what we were doing, and he said, well, I, I write this article, and it was for a very specialized magazine, and he gets a lot of leads from that, and he actually gets paid to write the article in this magazine, and he said, you know, it's just a small-time, you know, part-time business and whatever. So we were kind of asking him what the, the revenue was, and he was looking at scaling it up. And uh, it turns out that I think he was doing one article a week. So it was taking about an hour a week, and he was, um, and he had somebody who would polish it up or whatever, but, you yeah. know, what, all that. And, um, but he was making 6000 a month doing it. And nice. we we're like, huh? <laughs> that's pretty fantastic. good. You know, and, but to him, it seemed like a very small thing, but because, yeah, he was comparing it to all these right. huge success stories. And, and that's the thing with social media. Um, you know, we, we see the highlight reels. We don't sure. see what's behind the scenes. And, and that's, um, you know, that's, that's a challenge because people compare themselves. They compare their raw material to somebody else's finished product. Right. And, um, and, and, realizing that it does take work. I appreciate Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk, because he talks right. about, um, the grind. He talks about the hustle, you know, in terms of like re- letting people know, look, this is going to take work and mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it. If you look at some of his initial videos in the beginning, yeah. if you look at some of my initial pod and listen to my podcast or some of my first videos, you know, I mean, they sucked. Right, but you know, it, but they were real. But they were honest. They were like, "Hey, at least we were doing it." You know, my first video, somebody was like, "You know, your lighting's off, and this and that." And I'm like, "I appreciate that. Thank you for the feedback." And at least it's like done. Is you know, what, what, there's a saying. I'll, I coined this. It was one of my friends said this. Uh, he said, "Done is better than none." Mm-hmm. Right. So version version done is better than version right. none, if you if you will. And so, you know,
0: just get started. Well, yeah, There's one time I heard something on the lines of better not perfect than not done. But for yeah. anything, like even just looking at the intro of this podcast we do, same thing. Not like this is amazing production quality now. But the first couple episodes, I'm just like, man, I just want to publish these and get them done because they're so atrocious, the, the video quality. Because I didn't know how to light the room at all there's a, the coach that we work with, he says something along the lines of, you know, that there's no shortcut to not sucking that for, for anything we're doing, you got to get the reps in. Yeah. There's no way for us to fast forward to actually being, even if we're reasonably, we have a reasonable propensity for something. There's no way to fast forward to being fully competent without actually dealing with it.
1: Yeah. I remember years ago, Um, I was in a a business, a network marketing business, and one of the people uh, on my team finally did his first presentation. And I mean, he nailed it. Like he was so good. And I said to him, Jerry, that was fantastic. And you waited too long. Yeah. Right. Because he waited until it was perfect, you know, mm -hmm. and should have just gone out there and done it.
0: Right. Well, and Clearly, he got to the same point, but if he had, you would think that if he had been putting in the reps and doing it, and he either would have gotten to a higher point or probably would have gotten there a little faster.
1: Yeah, he would have gotten there faster and he would have reached out to more people, and his business would have grown even if he sucked a little Mm -hmm. bit. People right. would have, you know, and they would have seen the progression of improvement. Whereas what happened is all his friends saw and said, wow, again, highlight reels. So they saw him do this amazing presentation right out of the gate. Now he set the bar so high that when they got started, they're like, I can't do it until I'm perfect. And it's slowed right. down his
0: entire business. So yeah, completely. Yeah. All right. So first thing that we normally do right at the outset. I <laughs> We're skipped.
1: talking about everything else.
0: <laughs> Tell us who you are and what do you do.
1: <laughs> sure. So I am a business advisor, strategic business advisor. And so I work with entrepreneurs and business owners and helping them to grow their business, identify where they want to go, where are they right now? And what is it going to take for them to get from where they are to where they want to go? and uh, what this, what's the team that's needed, the strategy that's needed, the mindset that's required in order for them to step into that future. I also have a podcast as well, yeah, and wow. we were talking about that, Leaders of Transformation. Um, Leaders of Transformation, we've done over this, the, this recording, about 285 episodes, and nice. had some amazing people on the uh, show, and yes, my first several sucked. Uh, as well, I think, you know, and uh, but we got them done and we got better at it as we went right. along. But uh, but I love working with difference makers and world changers and you know people that really want to make a positive impact through a business of their own. Mm-hmm.
0: How'd you get into that? Because coaching is always interesting to me because the pathways that people get in take to get there and also the niches and what their sort of specialty that they seem to deal with people is varies so widely. So yeah, how do you end up getting into that?
1: Well, a lot of people nowadays, it seems like there are a lot of people getting into coaching because they see it as a, as a way to make money, as a way to help people, but a way to make a lot of money, work from home and so forth. Actually okay. that didn't. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so, no, but it is true, right? A lot of that's where they're like, Hey, that's, that's a great idea. Right. Let's do that. And I, um, I kind of backed into it because I've been doing it for about 15 years formally I've been in business for 30 years and in that business, like I was describing with Jerry and you know uh, that I was coaching entrepreneurs for a long time before I never saw it as coaching, helping them to launch their business, you know, understand how to market, how to sell, how to build teams, all that for years. And then about 15 years ago, I started, um, I moved away from that network marketing industry and started discover the edge. Now discover the edge. is a, it's actually started off as teaching personality dynamics, teaching the strengths based approach to building businesses and building teams, doing, you know, doing what you love, doing what you're great at, what you can make money at, bringing that together to build a a solid business. Um, And so that's kind of always been a premise to anything I've done. So I started off doing workshops, but then what was happening is as I was going into companies and working with business owners and their teams, I started to see other things going on and or hearing the mindset issues, all these other dynamics. And so they started asking me, would you coach me? Would you help me? You know, and I remember specifically going into one business and I literally wanted, I walked in the door and I wanted to walk right back out because it was a complete like tornado zone. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on here? And so I offered and you've probably been in those situations as well, right? You walk in and you're like, the books are a mess. Everything's a total chaos. And you're like, would you like some help with that? Um, Because we can work over here with your team dynamics, But if you don't have the systems in place and you're burning yourself out, it's not going to work long term. So that's where I started piloting business coaching back in 2005, working with this particular client. And then I said, I had more and more people that actually requested help. And initially I said, Oh no, 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 I am not a coach. I was thinking therapist, right? I'm like, no, I do not have the patience for that. But uh, what I realized is that in I actually went out rather than doing a certification program, a coaching certification program. I, uh, I actually hired coaches. So I started working with different, I said, what's the best way to learn how to coach and what coaching is, is to hire a coach who could work with me. And so I had them coach me and then I also learned their process and then coached another person, hired another another person, another person. So I got to see a whole bunch of different ways that people coach and very quickly on I realized I've been doing this for a long time you know yeah. and then then what I did is and then I took certification and advanced coaching programs and leadership programs to be able to build on that structure in terms of mindset in terms of human dynamics and all the different nuances how to ask really good questions, how to be fully present, how to process my own stuff, whatever's standing in my way and all of that. So it, I kind of as I said I backed into it out of request, out of demand. Uh, for people wanting me to to actually work with them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Coaching in general has kind of been interesting for me over the past 10, 15 years, just seeing the, there's still a lot of, not a lot of, there's a reasonable number of not great coaches out there, but seeing the legitimacy that the space on the whole has gained in people's per- perception. Because I remember one of my favorite at the time, it was this old daily show sketch when Dimitri Martin was still on there. And it was when life coaches had first come out and no one had heard of this before. And the whole joke was that it was just a really expensive friend. It was a friend that you had to pay. And (laughs) like, well, what are the qualifications to be a coach? And it was, you would go to this online school. So it was basically that you needed hands to work the keyboard and a computer and then i think you could or you could do it over the phone so you didn't even need the computer was sort of the bit so it's been really interesting from going from this sort of a joke and people not understanding why you would need this to most successful businesses that i work with now having a coach yeah it's been this pretty incredible progression
1: and there is a wide range like in any industry you yeah. know in in any industry cpas financial planners i've met some extraordinary i used to actually work um on a i've worked on a project well, a part-time project with some lawyers in tax litigation and so i got to uh, meet and work with cpas and finance hundreds of cpas and financial advisors from across canada and there is a wide range of of expertise and intelligence as it goes. I used to be like so impressed because I'm a financial advisor. I'm like, Ooh, and then I started work with them. I'm like, okay, Eh,
0: not not necessarily. Right.
1: You got your clients into this deal so that we're now litigating on. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, but coming back to your, to your point, actually one of the first clients that I acquired, and I can't even remember how I ended up with her. Maybe I met her somewhere or whatever, but I was doing a little bit of life coaching with her and she actually wanted to start a business, but it was, it was kind of, she wasn't there yet. So it was identifying what she wants to do and then what it would look like. And I've done that a lot over the years, but with her, she was kind of like cycling, you know, every, every week, right? She's like doing this. She hasn't really made that much progress. So we're going around the same thing. And I finally, I actually fired her and I said, um, you know, it would be cheaper to go get a friend, Mm -hmm. buy your lunch and hang out. I don't, no disrespect, but you know what? Like that's where we're, that's, that's kind of what's happening here is that we're just talking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want me to help you to move forward, that's what I do. If you want to just talk about it, go get, you know, you for the price you're paying me, you can go to a really nice restaurant, get some wine, enjoy it. And, and just, just hang out with your friend and talk it over with her. And she respected that, you know, and I said it respectfully. And, and and so she took it the right way. And so, yeah. And that's why with coaching, it's really understanding that coaches are designed for you to be, to help you to move forward. They're, they're guides. Like you don't hire a coach to stay the same. I put right. that on Facebook a couple of years ago. It's like, you don't hire a coach to stay the same. The other thing about coaching is, is that, a coach is not your, it's not design, is not designed for you to depend on your coach. Your coach is not the answer. I've had people say to me, you know what, I want you to kick my butt. I want to hire you so you can kick my butt. And I go, no, 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 no. I don't do that. Sometimes I will kick somebody in their in their butt and get them going. But that is but if I have to if I have to kick your butt to build your business, then there's deeper issues that we can we can address the issues. Well, but I want you to be in a position where you get up in the morning and you're actually excited about what you're doing that. I don't have to motivate you to get it, get up and get out the door.
0: Well, especially with what you do, because we have the same conversation because everyone hates counting so much people are like, yeah, just harass me. Just keep on me, keep on me. And of course, to an extent that's part of our job. We'll make sure you don't miss deadlines. We'll check in, but we're also not your babysitters. You've yeah. got to take some degree of ownership. And what we deal with, we'll work with people on everything in their business. When we're, talk, when we're talking everything over, we'll, we'll touch on operations, marketing, pricing structure. But we largely focus on this one little piece of the business. So especially yeah. with yours, where it's this huge overarching thing, where it's the entire strategy, them sort of wanting you to be a a surrogate CEO is problematic.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times it's like they, that's exactly what it is, is they want somebody else to take their vision. I was talking to somebody a few months ago who created a a piece of equipment that literally has the, the opportunity to change, to save lives and to change the world from a, it's a, it's a, it's a medical device. And he, and I said, so, this is like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. What's standing in your way? And and he said, well, he says, I'm looking for a CEO, somebody that can take this and run with it and so forth. Now that guy knew how to sell. He's a technical guy, developed it, but he uh, an engineer that knows how to sell basically. Right. So that's I'm an, like,
0: that's an unusual combination to start.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're waiting and he's been waiting months for that see somebody to to find the right person i'm like you need to be that right now and you will live into you will live into that and grow into that and if you would like coaching around, because actually what he was looking for was a ceo and i'm like "No, no no but i will coach you to be the ceo right so that you can lead your company because you're the visionary you you're the one who knows the most about what this is what this can do and all the reach in the far reaching and you know how to sell. Now, if somebody doesn't know how to sell and I've, there's certainly times where I've worked with business owners and I'm like, look, you're the inventor. You right. need to have somebody else. Cause there is like, there's there's a total flat spot for them. Right. That's different. But yeah, it's, you know, and it's, it's sometimes it's frustrating because you, you're looking at them and going, this is a no brainer. Like, let's do it. But right. they have to see it for themselves. And that comes back to even with finance, you know, in, in, tracking their numbers, tracking their, 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 uh, finance, it, it's good to have that accountability, the accountant, right. To hold them accountable to that, they have to understand why it's important, right. you know, and there's a lot of times people will say to me, well, I don't like, I don't look at the numbers. I hate numbers. I hate math. I'm like, Ooh. you know, you're, you're in business. You're going to need to get to it. And you know what, when these numbers increase, you're going to like them. Right, you may not like them now, but as you see these numbers grow, and you you'll you'll just it's almost like you'll get addicted to look at the numbers. You'll be like, yeah, let's see how how we're improving. And if you if you realize that your whole business is ultimately it's a people business, but fundamentally it's a numbers business, and the numbers don't lie, and you can see what's happening. I just need to look like you, right? You look at the finance, you know, I look at the financials. I can tell you what's happening in the business mm-hmm. and how happy they are and what's going on, right? So. Um, but they need to get they need to get that you know right. they they that it's important it's like the, they got to be motivated enough they may not be good at it but they've got to see the value in it
0: right well as it goes to our stuff we'll tell people cuz we don't deal with this as much anymore because we've changed our model the past few years to only take on higher tier clients but people who would just not have run their numbers at all through the year and they just at the end of the year would get somebody to do it or they would do it themselves. Not only would there be all these inaccuracies at that point, I said, so, you know, if you don't know your numbers, you don't re- really know what's going on in the business. You're sort of taking this stab in the dark. And we've said this a million times. I say there's one factor, but there's really two, the two big differentiating factors we see in clients that are successful one is being reasonably well capitalized just because you you can get by if you have hardly any money but it's harder and depending on what the business is you've got a lot more challenges if you're trying to start on a shoestring budget so being well capitalized is one but the other one is actually tracking your kpis yes the clients that we have who are successful across the board irrespective of their industry or size of the company, it's the ones who are tracking everything. And the ones who stall out, the businesses either fail or they just stay the same every single year, those are the ones who have no interest in actually tracking their metrics. Both on what we would do in terms of the tax and financial side, but also in terms of their lead gen.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because well-capitalized is definitely important. And if they have too much money to work with, then they yeah, get, oftentimes true. it gets stupid, right? <laughs> right. Like, right. it's like, oh yeah, we've got this budget that, you know, we've got lots of money for marketing. You know what they do is they throw a whole bunch of money at it without um, thinking it through because they've got lots to work with until they run out and then they're like, mm-hmm. oh crap. And actually one of the, one of the benefits of um, being an entrepreneur that, it, that has to bootstrap it to a Mm -hmm. certain extent is that you think through your investments. You have to have enough to work with, but you have, but, but not enough that you waste that you're wasteful, but that you think through and say where. And so you get resourceful and you start Mm -hmm. choosing, like, you know, I know you're talking about online marketing. It's like, rather than just throwing a bunch of Facebook ads out there and a bunch of money towards it, it's like, Hey, wait a second, let's figure out how to make it work. And then we can dial up and add the money to it because we know that their ROI is there. We're not going to do that right off the bat because otherwise we just wasted a whole bunch of money and we really didn't learn anything in the process too, because it's like, they're probably, if they're doing that, they're probably not looking at their KPIs.
0: No. Well, and, and if they're so well overcapitalized, then a lot of times they're, they're not doing any of it themselves. They're just, they're hiring someone else to do it, which, it is even worse because even if you're doing it yourself and you're doing it poorly, hopefully at least you're learning lessons and you're learning the different platform systems. You're actually, you're getting some degree of expensive education, but you're getting some, some degree of experience from it. People who are super just have more money than they know what to do with. will just burn it and outsource every bit of it. And then they don't even learn yeah. why it didn't work.
1: Yeah. You got to be competent enough that you can actually identify when you're hiring somebody on board Mm -hmm. that you actually know you're intelligent enough to recognize somebody that knows what they're talking about versus somebody that doesn't. I personally, you know, we talked about this before even booking this interview. It's like, look, I I don't consider myself. I'm certainly not by any stretch of the imagination, a digital marketing expert, but I understand What needs to happen and and I understand the process enough mm-hmm. that I can recognize the people that know what they're talking about and the people that are still figuring it out right so you know or or just settle for certain results like oh yeah, we get a bunch of likes or we get a bunch you know i had a I had a client of mine last year and she's like, "Well I have twenty thousand people on LinkedIn you know but but nobody's liking my posts. Well, somebody, she paid a lot of money for somebody to build up her LinkedIn. Right. But with who, with how who? they do it. Well, yeah, exactly. They just like what, you know, connect, 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 connect. And a whole bunch of people connected because this person has an impressive title, but then doesn't care about the, what they're really about and their right. message. Then they you're not going to get the engagement. It's not how many followers you have. Right. It is, how many are engaged with your content. And I recently interviewed Brendan Kane, who wrote the book, 1 Million Followers. And he uh, tested that he worked with Taylor Swift and Rihanna and major brands, Ikea and so forth. And um, he tested that on his own personal brand because he really didn't have a, he, a lot of referral business. And so he didn't really have his own personal following. So what he did is he tested all that he had already used with these successful brands to see how long it would take him and how fast he could get to a million followers. And he did it in 30 days. And, but with quality content, right? Quality content, legitimate, you know, um, uh, engagement. And he actually tested 5,000 iterations and variations of content over 30 days, little tweaks, change the color, change this, change that, not like 5,000 totally different pieces of content, but changing all those iterations and uh, great book for somebody that's really wanting to understand, but he talks about shareable content, not just do you get followers, right? But do those people like comment and share your comment, your, your content. And that's the key. And so she had lots of followers, right. but she didn't have that next point, that next step. And she's wondering why she's not selling books, why she's not getting speaking engagements, why people are, are, are not interested in what she has to offer. Right. Yeah. So that's where, that's where having a good coach comes in who understands. So you gotta find somebody that really does know what they're talking about. And, and I love the fact that there's a lot of business coaches out there and a lot of life coaches and so forth. I love the fact that there's a lot of people that wanna help other people. And I believe it's just as human beings, it's our nature. Um, once we are beyond survival personally, right? Our, yeah. like we, there's a certain level of self-preservation first is that we want to help other people. We, we have that natural, you know, inclination to do that. And the challenge is, is that a lot of times there are a lot of business coaches respectfully and a lot of life coaches that have been doing it, or let's say, for example, business, they've been doing it for like what I, I kind of exaggerated but like they've been in business for 15 minutes and, yeah. and they're now telling everybody this is how to do it. And as yeah. you know, business cycles up and down. And you learn a lot on the way up, but you learn actually even more on the way down. I would never wish it on anyone, but you learn through the ebbs and flows of business and the evolution of your business and transition of your business. So you learn all these things that gives you a different perspective uh, when you're working with someone else. And so, and I take it as a huge responsibility that if I'm working with someone life coaching, my gosh, it's such a huge responsibility taking a weekend Online life co- coach, uh, in life coaching certification, is is not going to give you. It'll give you some of the the highlight, you know, simple things that you need to do, or whatever, or the structure. You know, it's so much more than that. It's so much yeah. more. I've had coaches that come to me and they say, "How do I become a better coach? And what do I need to do? Like, what are the tactics and the things?" And I'm like, "Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to be learn how to be fully present." And that simple, quote unquote, simple thing, how do you be fully present with someone, um, actually requires you to do a lot of inner work on the back end Mm -hmm. so that your story doesn't show up in the conversation, that your fears, your triggers, your stuff doesn't show up in that conversation. That's just one example. But
0: that's where- you're not projecting your own issues.
1: Yeah, you end up projecting your own issues into the conversation and so that's where that when you talk about the difference between people that are you know I think in the beginning you were saying like they they've done it you know one month and then they're incongruent because they're they're just they've got a little bit to work with and then they've got to embellish around it to make it sound really good it's like a resume that you know you got to kind of fill it, fluff it up. you know fluff it up so it looks good and that's, yeah. and I think that there's I'm not saying that they shouldn't be coaches or that they shouldn't be teaching people how to build businesses, but just be honest about what it is that you do know and, and own it. Mm-hmm. And then say, these are the areas that I, I really don't know yet. And maybe just learn it or study. Like I did, I hire a coach and study under somebody else.
0: So, well, I mean, off a couple, that soapbox, yeah. but. <laughs> no, no, there were two, you know, there are a lot of good information. There are the two things that, um thinking of initially one is when you're talking about the people who haven't been through it I remember there's some life coaches that I've seen where they were 20 years old and they were like bagging groceries somewhere but they were also life coaches nothing wrong with bagging groceries that's honest work but you're 20 years old you you may still be living at home at this point. You have, it's, there's a little bit of an issue to me of then trying to be a life coach and tell everyone what they should be doing when you haven't experienced that yourself. Yes. When you're talking, the other thing was when you're talking about the lady on LinkedIn, is the 20,000 people, even assuming they were real and they had, you know, you hadn't gone on to Fiverr and just had a bunch of people bought, is when people do that where they either buy followings or they just mass add and just try and get as many likes, follows, whatever, as is humanly possible. The people I know who are really good at social media and who will build up YouTube channels, Facebook pages, they say that stuff can destroy your page because... They, Facebook, YouTube, all these things, they look at your engagement and they look at your engagement as a percentage too. So yes. if you have a million likes, and that's what's funny too, is when we're looking to connect with people, book people on the podcast, whatever, we'll, we'll look, or we just see an interesting post and you say, okay, I wonder what this person is about. And you go to their profile and they've got 30,000 people following them or sometimes it's this outrageous number where they just have hundreds of thousands of people, but then you look and each post they have has five likes.
1: Yeah.
0: Not only does that just look silly and anyone who digs is realizing what you're doing, but it's also killing you in the long run Mm -hmm. because these platforms are saying there's something wrong here. Yeah. Yeah. If 0001 percent of their following is liking their stuff, I guess we shouldn't really be recommending this to new people or showing it to the existing following because clearly they're not interested.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a lady that I heard on um, on Sunday. I was at an event, "Broadcast Your Authority" uh, by yeah. uh, Tamara yeah. and Tamara Thompson, and uh, she had Janelle Lara on there, and I had never heard of Janelle. But, um, what she does, she works with moms building part-time businesses cool. and she has a multiple six figure business doing it. Um, but she says, how do you do that with a f-? And she has a follower base of less than 500 on Facebook, yeah. but she's built a multi six figure business doing it, but she's got high engagement. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where, yeah, it flips the model. Is it how, is it volume or is it quantity? And you want to have quantity? Sure, volume does. Wow, well, when people see that there's a million followers or whatever, they're like, "Oh, maybe there's something here for me." That, in theory, that's the approach, right? That's why people do it, right. and that's why that whole fiber, like you said, fiber thing—you can buy likes because it makes it look like you're, you know. But if you haven't gone through the process of figuring out how to engage people, and you haven't—you've done—you haven't done the hard work of figuring that out, and you just got a whole bunch of followers. The odds are your content will not connect with people when they get there
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that's how you do trial and error, test and measure and figure out what works and what doesn't work. That's how you, when you build your following, right? And so as I look at mine, I go, okay, how, what do people respond to? What do they not respond to? In Brendan Kane's book, um, which I mentioned, uh, 1 million followers, he talks about the different archetypes, right? So some people, they, they, you'll notice they post comedy, Right, they post all these funny posts. I have a friend of mine who all she pretty much all she does not some thought provoking, but a lot of it's just like some of the funniest posts I, you'll ever see on Facebook. And she does that, and it always right. So that's her that's her persona. That's what that's what she likes to share, and people no, come to know and expect that from her. Right. Then there are people that like to be rebels, and they'll they'll put the controversial uh, uh, content out there, and they like to shake it up, and that's another. That's another style. Like for me, it was, there was one that was called like harmonizing and I thought, yeah, I think that's, that's where I kind of fit into that. Right. Is like, I like to harmonize. I like to uplift people and encourage people. And I had somebody, uh, once who a friend of mine who said, um, you know, you're too politically correct or you're too, uh, warm and fuzzy. You need to be, but what he was is he was the rebel type. So he liked to stir it up and put risque things on there and, and challenge and get people to be pissed off and love and hate. And kind of like that Frank Kern, they either love you or hate you. And you know what yeah. I'm like, that's for you, but that's not for me. That's not what, that's not the message that I'm looking to invest in and put out there. And so you got to right.
0: know what that is for you. Right. if, I'm not a huge fan of the controversial stuff in general, and there are some exceptions to it, but my biggest complaint with most of the people who do it is I don't think what they're posting is what they actually believe. I mean, sometimes so it is people, and sometimes
1: it's not. Yeah, they just do it for the, the yeah, they just do it for the little shock value. They just value. know
0: it's going to get people mad and that they're going to get this engagement, which goes to another thing altogether. We've already talked about how there's a difference between an engagement versus just the number of likes you have. But the other thing that I think people miss out on is taking engagement to actually getting a paying customer. Yes.
1: Because
0: people sometimes will synonymize those Synonymous, maybe not. They make them synonymous in their minds where they think, okay, I'm getting all these likes, I'm getting all this engagement and comments. This is great, I'm killing it. But what percentage of those people are actually buying? Yes. The example I'll think about is the people who are snapping themselves in. You know, it's the dude who's wearing his speedo or the girl who's in the bikini and you're taking these photos. And yeah, everyone's getting likes because all the dudes and the girls are like, Yeah, I like this picture. But does that mean they actually want to work with you, that they respect your opinion, that they're going yeah. to become if class?
1: you're a fitness if you're a fitness sure. trainer
0: true, sure. true. that sure. works.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because I I think it was Gary V on LinkedIn who said, uh, nobody shares Just look at it. Nobody shares somebody else's selfies. right? They don't. Right. Because why would I share your selfie? I might like it. I might comment on it, but will I share it? And that's what more and more is there's more and more content out there. The algorithms are looking for shareable content, right? Mm -hmm. So Instagram's a little bit different because you're not, you know, you share in a different way, but, but when you think about Facebook or even LinkedIn, like is it shareable content? And so, yeah, it's great to put selfies out there, but that's why, even for me, I'm like, we were talking about this before. I'm actually more of an introvert. And mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't like, I don't need to put myself out there. I don't feel, I'm just like, no. And you know what? I hang out with a lot of amazing people and I don't do selfies after we go for lunch or whatever. Cause I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it, it, sometimes it's fun to do that, you know? And But like, if you do that all the time, then it's kind of like, you're just, I feel like I'm using, and that's just my own. Little voice in her conversation, but it's like yeah. I feel like I'm. It's like getting an autograph from somebody. It's like, hey, we're friends, just so you know. So you should like me because of this person. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. that's I'm not there for that. I'm there to connect authentically with this person. And yeah. if I want to take a picture because I want to capture a memory of it, mm-hmm. that's different, right? I want to capture that memory, but a lot of times people will do it because I've had them do it with me. Is there like, hey, let's just get this selfie because we want to put it up on social media. And it kind of, it, it's like, well, we can do it. But is it, is this about you and I capturing a memory or is this about you using it as a marketing
0: tool? Or is it the so, fact that you can tag me in the photo now and yeah, all my followers? Now yeah, are and so,
1: so, exactly. And so to your point about, are you getting customers? This is where um, all of the, what's your favorite color? And you know, all these like people will put questions out there and they'll get people to comment on that because it increases, you know, it works for the algorithms. Great. I'm like, okay, well, that's awesome. But you know, how many people are actually hiring you, you know, just because now you know their favorite color, but if you can engage, the point is, is that if you, and I know I understand the psychology is if they get to know like and trust you, Right. Then they're going to be more inclined to work with you when you do share some other content. So you've got to if you're going to do that, you've got to weave it in with some other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with your, with some quality content so that you n- make sure that you're known for for what you want to be known for. And right. like for me, I want to be known as uplifter. I want to I want to be known as somebody that empowers people and as a business you know, expert and advisor a podcaster. And so those are the types of things that I put out there. And you're also got to be patient, um, with, with putting your content out there and not be like, well, put this out there and nothing happened. Like what, you know, maybe I'm not doing it right or I've got to give up. No, no, no. it's, it takes time for people yeah. to get to know, like, and trust you and to watch your posts and, and start following, you know, what you're doing. And I've had more and more, people will say, you know, yeah, I've been following philosophy, number of years. I went to this event, like Tamara's event. And there are people there. I'm like, Hey, I've never, we're on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook, but I've never met them in person or whatever. And, uh, and we're like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, great to see you and whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, I've been following your post. Even Tamara, right. She had reached out to me and she Hey, I've been following your posts. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. You know, but if I, all I was doing is posting selfies or whatever, and like, you know, Bikini pictures, which, you know, you probably wouldn't want to see anyway. But, you know, if if I was posting those things, like, would she have reached out to me and say, hey, I see you as an authority, as a business, you know, leader and a podcaster and, and a media authority and would like to have you at my event? Probably She's, not.
0: She might have known who you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the lady who posts all the selfies. Yeah, I know yeah. her, but. Yeah.
1: Or yeah, all that's... the cat videos or whatever the case is, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny And there you're talking about just the amount of time it takes for that stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I'm such an abject failure in a lot of my social media is because I am naturally introverted. When my wife and I go on vacation, we'll take like 10 thick photos the whole time. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you take more photos? But we don't like photos, we're more just living in the moment. So that translates to social media too. Naturally, outside of the business, I would be posting one thing a year, maybe on my Facebook feed. Right. So for the sake of the business and networking, occasionally I'll force myself to, to type something up and then I post it and I get real mad because it gets like five or 10 likes. I'm like, this is garbage. Why, am I, why did I waste all this time doing this? But two of my buddies and who, guys who are clients of mine, um, Addy, Adam Lincoln Auger and Rocky Ulla, they've, they've built up a bunch of big YouTube channels. Their main one has almost 2 million subscribers at this point. And people ask them, okay, how do you do this? How, how can we build ours? And there's a lot that goes into it. But their main thing, the first thing they'll tell anyone is consistency.
1: Yes. Just
0: keep doing it. Be regimented with it. And I feel like when we had Rocky on the podcast, this is the thing that I talked with him about is that everyone will really want to go nuts for this short period of time. We all want to, we we go on a diet and we're going to do 800 calories a day and we're going to exercise four hours, four hours a day. And we just go crazy with it. But then you burn yourself out versus if we, if you can just have the discipline to keep up with the unpleasantness, the lack of, and in this case, the lack of engagement, then over time that really does work. But it it's hard to do that.
1: Well, and and also consider this. I actually love what Janelle said on the weekend because she was she's she's really big advocate of um, Facebook Lives and um and she has a lot of people that say i don't want to do it because i don't want to look you know i yeah. want to be on video and whatever and she says are you doing this for you or are you doing this for the people that are going to be listening and watching and, yeah. and when you shift it to say i'm not doing this post because i'm like you i'm like oh i don't need to i actually don't need to post i'm on facebook you know i always used to say i'm on facebook because of my business mm-hmm. um and or to see my nieces and you know, uh, right. and my family, because my nieces are all on and so forth uh, and my friends. But um, when I realized that this was an incredible tool to be able to encourage, to uplift, uh, to help people with something that is a challenge for them. And so then it was not about me and even being vulnerable. I'll give you another resource, um, Ditch the Act, which comes out in a couple of days. Uh, Leonard Kim and Ryan Foland. I uh, wrote this book, and uh, Leonard actually was an epic failure in his own mind and in his bank account and all that. I think he was living on his grandmother's couch. And rather than pretend because he was trying to keep up the act, rather than pretend on that, he actually went on years ago. He went on Cora on and just started writing about his epic failures and how he felt, and he was getting vulnerable. And he started to get a following and like a huge following, like 100,000 people are following his posts. He now writes for Inc., for Entrepreneur Magazine, for Forbes. He had many publishers that actually came to him and said, what are you writing? He said, nothing. Um, Like in terms of a book, they said, well, we'd like you to, you know, what what have you got? And so then he was like, well, if I was to write a book, what would I write a book about? Because I now have publishers that are actually interested. He's got a following over half a million people and growing. And the book is all about uh, the levels of vulnerability. How to build a personal brand and 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 be vulnerable in a safe and authentic and effective way that helps you build yeah. your brand and connect deeper with your audience. Right. And so, when you do a balance that,
0: there. I'm not going. Too yeah. over.
1: <laughs> no, but it's it's it, but the thing is it's so powerful. When I started to share, uh, initially, again because I'm a private person. I wasn't sharing my challenges. And I learned growing up, and especially the business that we're we're in, you know, we have teams and everything. You didn't share the challenges you were going through. Like everything was great. Right? How are we doing? Fantastic. Never better, right? And please so join <laughs> please join
0: my team. Yeah, please join my team. Or even
1: I think I could say I'm having a bad day because then you're just gonna bring them down. And so, you know, so you want to uplift people because you know that people are constantly need to be uplifted. So I took that into social media where I would encourage people and, and so forth, but I wasn't necessarily sharing some of the challenges that I had been through and, or that we're going through. And I started getting people that said, wow, your life's so amazing. Now I am in a like, you know, crazy town situation. Like I got stuff, chaos going on behind the scenes, Right uh, with like, for example, I've shared this, um, you know, with on other podcasts and so forth with my ex now ex-husband. Right. So I'm going through like crazy town back here, drama and stuff, not good stuff. Right. And, and, and people are saying to me on social media, wow, you've got the perfect life. Everything's amazing. I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea. And so, and, and it was almost like people assumed that I was that I, and I wasn't trying to put my highlight reel out there. I just wasn't, I wasn't talking about my own personal experiences Mm -hmm. from that standpoint. I was talking about what I learned and what I could, how I encourage people and so forth. But when I started to share, my dad passed away three years ago now, and I put a video out there and, um, just shot it from my, you know, from my office and home office and thought, I don't know if anybody's going to watch this or not and got, you know, a few thousand people watching it and, and the responses that came back and I shared about how I felt and so forth. That was like the first time where people really connected to me and they're so valuable to do that. And so when I put posts out like that, sometimes people were like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like now my mother passed away and my, you know, my husband went off, came back, went off again, you know? And so as I'm sharing about some of these things, sometimes people interpret that They're like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Nicole. Are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm sharing it. You got to read the whole post. I'm sharing it because this is, a, this is a lesson. This is a lesson that I've gotten out of it. So I always like to bring them out to the other side, but I do that not because I need to share my story, but I do that because it helps other people and encourages other people. So for you to share some of that realness about you, Rather than looking at it as an obligation, right. look at it as an opportunity that you can share a little bit of yourself and it'll encourage and empower and, and say, wow, so if he's gone through that and he's now where he is, maybe I can do it as well. And that's so powerful in building an audience online that really uh, engaged followers that will support what you're doing because they know that you're a real, you're a real person.
0: Right. Well, yeah, that that's helpful. That shift in perspective might actually force me to. It not, for- not enforce me, but will make you. Inspire, you, inspire you. Let's inspire you Nika. Inspire
1: you to put it out there and say what can I share that can encourage somebody? Right now, the especially here in the US, we're experiencing an all-time high of anxiety and depression. That's mm-hmm. the same in Canada as well, other parts of the world all-time high in anxiety, depression, uh, the imposter syndrome, fear and doubt, uncertainty. And so I actually, at one point when we were going through the last elections and and it was like, uh, so much toxic information that was out there and, and posts both sides, right? This whole competing conversation. And I'm like, I do not want any part of this. This is like 2016. And, um, and so it was like an inspire. it was like, God said to me, so if you don't post something inspiring and encourage and offset it, who will? And I was like, yeah. okay, i will do this. You know, because <laughs> I hardly not really want to, but I will. And as I, and I realized, like, I just, as I said, it became an opportunity. I was inspired to do it rather than, you know, rather than feeling like I am forced to do it because then when you do it, When you put a post out there because you feel forced to, it doesn't flow and you will not get the engagement. But when it is inspired, you will notice that it will from your heart to their heart will connect to them and you'll get a a much higher engagement on it.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. And I like that too, because we'll see, we'll see bad examples of that, but it's when they're inauthentic. We'll see people who will, who will share, there are air quotes here vulnerability and yeah. they do but it's it manipulative. Because, but exactly but if yeah. you're actually sharing what you, your real story is what you really are then yeah. that's powerful and hopefully helpful to the people who are listening or reading it
1: and i've had lots of people that have reached out to me based on those posts and saying nicole can i have a conversation with you that have turned into clients yeah, right? I
0: can see
1: that. So that's where when you say, okay, how do we take engagement in Facebook or Insta or LinkedIn or whatever, how do we take the following and translate it into business? Mm-hmm. Where from a business perspective, the rubber meets the road. It's through it's through that. Is now you take it from offline uh I'm sorry, online to offline. You mm-hmm. ultimately at some point you got to take it offline. You know, you may go through a website and if you have a, a course, an online course or whatever, great. You can sell a low end cost or even like high ticket, high ticket items. You can sell them through a website or whatever. But you're you, you know, you've got to work. You've got to have videos. You've got to have things that would get people to know you like almost as though they were on the phone with you. Um, yeah. But for a lot of, you know, the most effective for me and I can only as I say, speak to what I've seen, but also what I've done myself is that um, for me, when I connect to somebody, it's one thing for you and I to watch a video of each other. It's a very different thing when you and I sit here and have this conversation, right? We know each other a lot more, we're much more connected. And so if you can create opportunities where people can get to know you, really know you, and you can share that, um, create shared reality, right? between, Between two people, then you have a much higher chance of creating a client. And for me, especially as a coach, because I don't wanna just sell my coaching program to anybody, Um, I wanna make sure there's a right fit, that I'm the right coach for them and that they're the right client for me. And so in order to do that, I need to take them through a process that can be done through applications and questionnaires and so forth. But when it comes right down to it, you wanna vet people, but ultimately at some point, you gotta get on the phone with them if you're going to sell them a private coaching program or a group coaching program, especially group co- coaching programs where you're going to put actually a group of people together, you want to make sure that you have the right people uh, that are working, that that you know there's like a right chemistry that you're developing there or mastermind or something like that. So you bring it and you take it offline and some of the most effective uh, people that I've known, even on LinkedIn, they don't try to sell you in the, in the messenger right after where you connect with them and say, hey, buy my e-book. I forget who said it. Somebody very eloquently said, I don't know anybody who wakes up in the, in, you know, in the morning and says, wow, today what I really need is another e-book um, or I need another free download. Nobody is saying that. Yeah. Right? But what they would like is they want a solution to their challenge. Uh, they want to, you know, meet great people. They want to connect on a deeper level. Um, and so how can you create that, uh, for people and just be real for heaven's sakes, talk to people like you would your best friend, Mm -hmm. you know, hello, you know, how are you today? You know, would you like to sit down and have a, you know, like, come on, right. Would you talk to people like that normally? No.
0: Well, that's what we're having some other episode. We did this. I can't remember which one. So it's like people forget that this is still a human interaction. And what would be helpful is if people imagine, okay, let's say you're at a networking event, you're at a party, you're at some actual real social event. Is this the way you would approach it? Would you just walk up to people, maybe not even say hello, and just launch into this three page tirade and sales pitch? Or would you actually have a human conversation with them. But online, especially, it seems like people sort of, I don't know if they think it's there, it's a shortcut almost, or they're just trying to, you know, it's a volume game for them. They, they're just trying to hit as many people as they can, but it's like they, they, they forget about basic human interaction and psychology and just try and go straight to a sales pitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you realize that it is simply a tool a few years back, somebody said to me as the social media and internet was all, you know, becoming very popular. And somebody said to me, Oh, Nicole, like nowadays it's all about relationship marketing. And I was like, um, I I actually have news for you. It's always been relationship marketing. (laughs) Yeah. The principles of business have not changed ever. The principles of business really haven't changed. The practices change. And so when you understand that practices change, it's not about right now it's video, right now it's podcasts, a few years ago it was, you know, something else. It's just like it evolves, right? And before internet, you know, we used other means of doing it. And so all those are all practices, methods change, principles never do. And so when you understand that you use it as a tool, it is not a principle. So social media is a tool to be able to create quality relationships. It gives us the opportunity to meet people that we would never, you and I probably would have never met if Uh. it wasn't for social media and the internet. And so you're over in, you know, in Virginia, I'm here in San Diego, like how, unless we were at an event together, you Mm. know, a physical event together, we, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know each other. And so we get the opportunity to have these amazing connections and then we take them into the real world of having Quality, you know, conversations, getting to know people, and that's where that's where the real richness comes in. People are more disconnected than ever, but that's because they're using social media as a quote-unquote principle, right? It's a new way of communicating, which which it's really just a tool. It's a vehicle for us mm-hmm. to have those human interactions that we so desire.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, we haven't done this before, but we've been talking about an hour and this has been very conducive. Just a nice, I think, string of thought. So I don't I don't want to go to the other questions because I feel like it might just be jarring. I feel like that's sort of a good, um, you know, good point to drop the mic on it right there. Sure. So for people who have watched this, who are looking to reach out to you to work with you, what's the best method of contact for them?
1: Sure. So I have two websites. The first one is my coaching website, discovertheedge.com. And you can easily reach me through there. I do discovery sessions where it's just really a conversation. It's not a sales pitch. We get to know each other. What are you looking to create? Is there some way that we can work together Is some way I can help you or do I have a resource that I can refer you to? Because I do know a lot of people. And so can I, you know, if I can do that, something that can help you to move forward. And so that's available. You can uh, access me through that website. I also have the podcast website, um, which is leadersoftransformation.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast and listen there. It's oh. got a neat feature on that website, which very few other podcast websites I've ever seen. I, can't, I don't even know that I've ever seen one that has it but it's a search field. And so you can actually search a topic and, oh, nice. um, yeah, I, I initially didn't, I didn't think about it that way because like, the, you know, WordPress is, is, you know, it says like you add tags and so forth, but they say it's really not for so SEO. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, and then I realized, no, this is good. This is for me because when I'm going back to reference people or I'm sending people and saying, Hey, somebody who, you know, as a CPA or talk about money, I can just type in money. And then all the people that, you know, right. have that as an expertise, they come up. And so it's a really cool tool. Um, and it's also, we also have the categories uh, listed there yeah. in terms of the different areas. So yeah, check it out. There's some really great episodes on there. And uh, once this comes out, we'll make sure this ends up on the, on the media page on both of those websites. So uh, this interview can, can be uh, watched and heard by all the people that are going to those websites all right sweet well thanks so much for being on here again this has been a lot of fun yeah my pleasure and of course i'm all on social media as well you can find me there as well but yeah thanks for having me and this is a great conversation yeah i really enjoyed it just you're a great uh host and conversationalist so
0: thank you yeah i mean i I i had a blast on this one like i said this is the first time that i can remember that it took us five minutes in for me to ask you who you are. And then I think that was the only question we asked the whole time. So this this has been a good one. Yeah, that's good. All right, cool. Thank well, you. and to everyone watching, thanks so much for being here again on The Few, The Proud, The Profitable, where we only talk to legit online businesses. We'll catch y'all next time.